Welcome to Work Therapy Within Good Company, where let's be honest, the struggle is real, but the possibilities are endless. I'm here with Kendall. So our, you know, frequent guest of the podcast, because that's all I could get her to commit to for now. So we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. Um, I'm so glad you're here, Kendall. Me too. I'm hoping that y'all can't hear my crazy kids in the background. No, we're good. Uh, okay. So Kendall, we have known each other for how long did you say today? 23 years. Okay. I think it could be, yeah, 23, 18 years old. Okay. Kendall, please share your, the first time you met me. I know the story you're going to tell too. Okay. The mailbox. Is it the mailbox story? Yes. We were at Baylor waiting to get our mail. And you were loud. We were all waiting in line and you were loudly talking about how you wanted to lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember looking at you going, why is this girl loudly talking about her weight issues for everyone to hear? Who is she? And I thought she seems very bold and interesting. And later we would become friends and you are bold and you are interesting. Yeah. And loud. And you are loud. Oh goodness. Oh my gosh. I love first impressions. Oh, another funny memory of you is we're going through Baylor sorority rush and all the girls are dressed up to the nines, like in dresses, skirts, high fashion <laughs> through sorority. Yeah. Brooke is wearing a hoodie, khaki pants and flip-flops. <laughs> Because I didn't care. And she did not care. And I still don't. And she just went through rush like that. And we both ended up pie fights together. Yeah, it worked out. She just didn't care. Yeah. Take it or leave it. The purpose of this podcast is really to create a space for, honestly, anybody seeking a refreshing perspective on work-related challenges, which we all have. 10 years ago, I decided that I wanted to make my focus work and how to make work a more human centric approach. I just, it's kind of one of those things that's been naturally in me and in innate. And um, I can be a little obsessive about it, or you can call it, I can geek out about it. And, you know, one thing that I noticed is there's not a lot of places to really have the honest conversation about how, honestly, how much work can suck and how it can really affect our whole lives. And also the possibility is that work can really be a place of transformation, connection, fulfillment, and meaning. And we're here to really create a space to support you in discovering how to navigate everyday work challenges. So I work for one of the largest national staffing companies in America. And I've worked for this company for 12 years. So I'm a recruiter by trade. And I have recruited in various different industries, aviation, accounting and finance, manufacturing, healthcare, and whether it be like a helicopter mechanic to a call center customer uh, service representative to an R&D food scientist one thing, you know, as a recruiter, I just do a lot of asking questions and listening. So I basically talk to people all day and I hear their current 
Um, work stories. I hear their past work stories. I hear about their struggles, why they want to leave or why they want to stay or what they want to make and pay. And there's a lot of things that are different and unique to specific industries, but then there's also underlining human issues in every single workplace. And that's why when Brooke approached me about this idea of a podcast about work therapy, I said, that's very much needed. Because I know in my office, a lot of the recruiters, we talk about how much a lot of times we feel like a therapist, even though we are not, I am not a therapist, but we feel like that because we're, we're constantly listening <laughs> yeah. to people's work struggles and questions and everyone's on a quest to try to figure out how to land better. So the through line is work, uh, work is not a walk in the park. No, it is not. <laughs> we Yeah. It is not a walk in the park and there's a lot of things to discuss and really the topics are, I mean, endless, what we could talk about and what even people navigate in a day. So yeah, why don't we just go ahead and jump into our first topic? Every week we are going to pick a question that's actually submitted, been submitted by real people going through real struggles. And we had some generous people go ahead and submit questions and we picked one for today. So we're going to read that question and then we're going to really pull out what is, what's the core need? What are they really looking to talk about and needing advice on? And then we're going to talk about it really simple. So let's go ahead and get into the first submission. Does that sound good, Kendall? Yeah. Okay. So our question comes from someone who's been a senior director at a research administration center in higher education, and she's been doing this for the past decade. She says there has been so much lack of accountability or effective people management because it's faith-based and in this work in non the world of nonprofits, there's a culture of nice that people tend to avoid healthy conflict or feedback because of this people aren't held accountable. And she's, she says she's at her wits end. <laughs> so this is, I thought this would be a good juicy topic to start with. What do you think? Oh, Kendall? I see this all the time. This isn't just an issue with probably nonprofit. Agreed. It can be any work issue where people are too nice and kind, but no one's being honest and transparent. Yeah. So if we could like really nail down like, okay, what do we want to talk about? It's being nice cultures that lack real accountability and avoid healthy conflict. I mean, I've had issues with this in my work. First, my first question is, do you as a company have like a weekly or a daily meeting wrap? So if you do, if you don't, I would suggest implementing that first. But I think just saying straight like if she's the team leader, let's say she's the team leader, or maybe she's not, but if they do have a meeting, say, Hey, I want to discuss this and say the elephant in the room, just say what you just told us. Say, I feel like we have a great kind culture here, which is great. I don't want to not be kind to each other, but I think we're lacking honest feedback. And I bet you more people in the room feel the same frustration. They probably have things and feedback they want to share, but they feel like they have to keep up this nice kind of dishonest culture. Yeah. So just stating the reality in the room. So that's 
you know, this is something I share with companies all the time to really change something or a, you know, a culture or an environment, or even a move a business forward. There's really three things. Um, you need to first recognize what's there. Uh, so like you talked about an elephant in the room, um, you, sometimes we move so fast, we're not even really recognizing or taking the time to really see like what's actually happening. So it's really recognizing what's, what's happening. And the second thing is raising it. So that would be taking it from underneath the table and putting it on the table, right? That's step two. And sometimes that's enough. Sometimes just calling something out or being like, you know, like I'll be in a meeting and I'll say, okay, nobody feels like they want to be in the meeting. So let's like not have this meeting. Like let's give everybody 30 minutes back. And, and that people are like, oh, thank, thank goodness, you know? Right. But it, it's, it's recognizing a thing, bringing it from underneath the table to on top of the table and then resolving it. And sometimes resolving it is just speaking it. And then other times there is an action that needs to be taken. The other thing I heard you say, Kendall, is like a wrap up. So I'm guessing that's like a stand up or something like at the end of the day, everybody comes together. But what I tell people is because these conversations, hey, if they're, they were easy, people wouldn't, this wouldn't be a hot topic, right? There's tons of books that have been written about feedback and honestly, the word just is triggering for people. So what I recommend too, is ha really having a container to make it less awkward. If you have, like you said, Kindle, a daily wrap where we just have a candid conversation and, you know, we ask pointed questions like, what can I have done? What could I have done better today? Or how did I come across in that meeting? That's going to really provide or, or consistent times, one-on-ones with your peers, teammates, or, you know, your manager, if that's how you run things, that's going to provide a safer space for people to say the things that are a little bit challenging to say. Yeah. And I think it's important for, you know, I don't know if this, assuming she's a senior director, so if she's, she's the leader of this, of her team, she can be vulnerable too and say, I'm probably not doing things in my job perfectly. And I don't want you just to be nice to me all the time. I want, I want you to be nice to me, but I also want you to give me honest feedback because I'm never going to get better as your director if I don't know how to improve. And I want to do the same to you. So sometimes creating the intent on why feedback or conflict can be healthy and the best for the group and individually. Mm-hmm. The why isn't to bash people and put them down. It's mm -hmm. you're giving people criticism and feedback so that they can learn and grow and give them a lift upward and forward. And this is a bit of a complex topic because really the the root is a lot of times in the way that we've set up organizations in America is very hierarchical. It's a parent-child type relationship. Uh, and we we think people really act as if they're accountable towards their boss when really we should focus on we're accountable to the people we serve. So that may be our teammates or our customers. And when we get all I like tied up in a wad, you know, of uh, you know, I'm I'm accountable and I'm, you know, focused on making our boss happy, we're actually losing sight of 
who were really there to serve. Right. And sometimes it's not, it's not your boss, it's your customer. You know, you may report to your boss, but you're not serving your boss. And, you know, we're looking for their approval or whatever that is. So sometimes we're really looking for accountability and feedback from the wrong people. And we're also, when we think about holding other people accountable, we're, we're not really doing it correctly, right? We're doing it by micromanaging them or telling them exactly what to do every time. We're not really giving them any space to really make their own commitments and be accountable to their own word. I agree with that. I, I also think that it's interesting that she said nice and healthy conflict or feedback. People think that you got to have but that being nice is more important. But I think sometimes healthy conflict is the nicest thing you can do for somebody. Mm-hmm. When you give them feedback, it's an opportunity for them to either improve or for them to open up and they can be more vulnerable about mm-hmm. where they are. So when I've given somebody on my team feedback, sometimes they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was doing that. Oh my goodness. Thank you. And I'll change and improve. And I was like, well, that was easy. Like I should have told her that two weeks ago, you know, or she could say, I am really struggling because of a personal issue that she's having that is outside of work that's affecting her. And then I have more compassion. I think whatever the issue is, I think when you address it, Mm-hmm. either there's more vulnerability or there's more understanding from a different perspective. You know, I think we also like to add on to that when we when we have those conversations we can be so robotic about it and that comes across as inauthentic and then people are instantly going to their defenses are going to be up, right? And I think if we use the language of hey, the way you showed up today really affected my morning or, you know, you coming in, um, showing up late affected me this way. And I'm, I'm kind of frustrated about it. Like that's a very human, honest reaction, right? Instead of being like, Hey, can you, um, tell me why you showed up late today? Yeah. It's like that kind of feels passive aggressive. You know what I mean? Do you see how, like how different that feels? Yeah. Yeah. Or like very formal and like, what? Like, I feel like I'm a kid in trouble. You know, instead of like, we're both adults here. So, um, you coming in late to the meeting was frustrating to me because I showed up on time and then we were late and our client, it didn't look good for our clients. And I know that was not obviously your intention and it did affect me. There's a conversation there. Right. And they could say, I'm sorry, you know? But I think a lot of times when we approach those conversations, we think we need to like do it in a certain way. And I think we need to go back to our own humanity and yeah, leave from a place of curiosity. But if you're feeling a certain way, like frustrated, it's recognizing that and maybe saying it, you know, and if you feel reactive in that moment, you know, as long as you're kind of grounded and understanding that you're a reaction reacting, I tell people a lot of times when you get feedback or you make a proposal or you're working on, you know, getting into alignment with another team member that maybe has a competing at that point perspective, the first round is just going to be reactive because that's human nature. So I think if we can, again, recognize like this is normal, you know, I feel reactive right now, but it's normal and I need to work through it and you're going to get to the other side. 
we also say try to do it in the moment because it's really awkward to go back in June. Yes. Of 2021, you hurt my feelings. <laughs> that yeah. gets petty. They're going to be like, yeah, I, I literally had that happen. I had a story. So I work with a lot of, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm an external consultant and I, a lot of times will work with the internal HR team. And at this point I was more like an, um, this was kind of early on in my career. So it was more of an internal consultant at that time, just working with one company. And I, uh, had the HR person. I said something very honest to her. She was, um, complaining about the executive team. And I basically just said, cause I'm honest. I said, I, I just was honestly trying to help her. I just said, you've got to, Hey, they're not going to change. Like, I don't think that's going to change. So you either need to accept it or figure out something. Right. I think a lot of times people, um, feel like they're trapped and they complain about things. And I always remind them that they have a choice, <laughs> which not everybody likes that. Like you don't have to, to stay, you know? And they're like, wait, what? You know, but I was really honest with her. Anyways, she brought somebody in to mediate, which was kind of silly, but she, I had made a comment a year before she had made a decision. I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. And she thought I was being sarcastic and so for a year, she thought I was sarcastic and held resentment towards me. And I was like, yeah, I like, I'm like very enthusiastic. I like, I wasn't being sarcastic. Yeah. And <laughs> she missed out on a year of friendship with you, learning from you. And me learning from her. Inward, she inwardly took a grudge for a year and you didn't even mean it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a waste. What a waste of energy. And that's what I want people to know. Like when we don't say what needs to be said, we do bring that home with us. It, it, it affects every area of our lives. And we, we don't say what needs to be said. And I have one of my clients there, they're one of their guiding principles is um, clear is kind, right? And it is kind to be honest and to be clear with someone and to say maybe the hard things. But it's not easy. If it was easy, again, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. There probably does need to be training and development on healthy conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. So she may need to take her team through a training, maybe discovering their conflict styles. I know there's personality types. Some people are more aggressive. They love conflict. Some are like conflict averse, <laughs> you know. So maybe understanding their team's conflict styles and training on dealing with conflict and different types of conflict. Yeah, I do think that's helpful. I think, like you said, like some training and development. I think one powerful thing is getting everybody in the room when you do say, hey, let's experiment with, maybe it's four weeks, right? Let's experiment with having some containers like daily roundups where we just kind of review our days together and share what we've observed with how we're coming across is a team and let's just get, take a month and commit to this, right? Like sometimes we just need to like say, let's all commit to it. Let's do it for a certain amount of time. And then like we talked about having a specific container to be able to do that. 
I also think it's good again, like when I do a communication training, I give one to all the teams I work with and I'll have everybody go around and I'm like, okay, raise your hand. If, if you want somebody to like help you manage, if you didn't make a clear request, if you want somebody to like call you out on that. And they're like, everybody raises their hand. So sometimes we just need to like verbally as a group, give each other permission to say, I'm, I'm a little scared to do this, but I'm, I'm up for doing this. Right. And, and knowing that what's on the other side. And I think sometimes we forget to also kind of future set and help people say like, Hey, if, if we can commit to this for 30 days, this is what's possible, right? Um, you're going to grow as a person. You're going to go home, hopefully a little bit lighter. I mean, sometimes maybe not some, maybe sometimes you have some hard feedback, but that's where you get to grow and change, which it's a gift. I will say that we can only control what we can control and be honest and do the thing we need to do. We can't really control how other people respond or react to that. And I think a lot of people make decisions on whether to say something based on how they know the other person's going to act. And I wish and hope, and I really encourage all of my clients to have the conversations they need to have and trust the process. Because if somebody's really not ready to shift or change and they need to, there's going to be a natural transition for them out. And that's what will be best for everyone. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us on it's our first episode. I'm just going to say that one more time. It's going to get better. I promise you got to start somewhere. So we really do. We hope you found wisdom, maybe feel a little inspired and more equipped to go into your day. Don't forget to subscribe. A rating would mean the world. If you want to review the first podcast, maybe wait a few more. <laughs> Let us get a little bit better. Um, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the podcast. It would mean a lot. Your feedback helps other people get the therapy they need. So we'd love to hear from you. Share your work stories. There's a link in the show notes to submit yours. And we will see you next week. Bye.